Jesus, thank you that you have come to bring joy. Joy that is everlasting, joy that is eternal. And Lord, that we can find that joy, that contentment, that peace in you. And Jesus, we give you this day. Lord God, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for their lives. And God, I ask that you would speak, Lord, to our hearts. That Lord, as we look at this year, the, the vision for this year and what you're speaking, Lord, to us corporately, what you're speaking to us individually, that Lord, we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And Lord, this would be a year of transformation, that Lord, we would become more like you every day. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you're here. It's a little bit different day. Um, I will be sharing a message with you, but it's kind of our vision Sunday um, of the year. We're kind of outlining to you what we feel like the Lord is speaking, and uh, just pray that God will speak to you this year and that God would reveal to your heart what he's doing and his great love for you. Um, they say that was David Phelps on that CD. They actually recorded me. They couldn't find David, so uh, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Guy can sing. But I'd like to, yeah, I want to welcome you, and I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited for what God wants to do, because God desires to work in and through us. Again, um, as we think about a vision for the year, and when I talked a little bit last week about this word transformation, I kind of started a little mini-series starting on New Year's Day about transformation, and today's Vision Sunday, and then next week I'm going to be concluding this little mini-series on transformation, and um, I, I just, I'm really excited to see what God wants to do in us and through us. I, I, I'm so thankful to the Lord for what He's speaking to my own heart and challenging me in, and on behalf of my wife and my kids, thank you guys for being on the journey with us. You know, that we are here for such a time as this in history. You know, God could have put any of us at any other time in history. We could have been future, we could have been past, but we are here for such a time as this. And I just want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you for walking with us and running the race with us. You know, the church is the family. It's the family of God. I think I may have shared this uh, a while back, but you know, when I was a kid, when someone would visit the church, they would have all the visitors stand up and come in the front, and they would invite them, and then all the people would come through and shake their hand and welcome them into the family of God. And they sang this song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Does anyone remember that song? There's a few. Nice. You just, you just told us how old you are, too. So, But it, it, you know, church is family. And when you think about your own family, aren't we all a little bit dysfunctional? Can I just go ahead and confess that? You know, we, we love each other, we fight, we have conflict. But you know what? We don't stop loving each other. We work through it, or we should. You know, and the enemy, as far as the church is, and, and probably in the biological family too, and, but the enemy comes to divide. He comes to bring a wedge. He comes to, to, to bring division. 
That's what he does. That's a part of who he is. He's the father of lies. He's a divisive. And he tries to break us up and he tries to drive a wedge and he tries to get us when we're offended to grab hold of offense and ignore each other and isolate ourselves. And this is just all the work of the devil. And when we allow him to do it, he wins. But the church is filled, and you guys have heard me say that, with the, we're all broken. We need Jesus. We're all dysfunctional, and we need Jesus, and we need each other. And again, thank you for going on this journey with us and loving us and supporting us and even loving us sometimes when you don't understand where I'm going. I'm kind of all over the place sometimes, and I admit that. But thank you for, for loving us and supporting us. And let's just go forward together in the future that God has for us. Let's love each other. Let's forgive each other and not give in to the schemes of the enemy. But let's walk together forward to everything that Jesus has for us. But I, the, the word I really feel that the Lord is speaking to our hearts is transformation. And I, I'm talking about intentional transformation. You have kind of this this theme here that I've written, living the transformed life by the power of the Spirit and the Word to become transformed agents of Jesus. Paul says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That is such a powerful, it's the first part of that, that, that verse, but it is such a powerful, powerful statement that Paul is making to the church. Do not do not conform any longer to the ways of the world, to the patterns of this world, because it's so easy for us to do that, isn't it? We conform to the way the world does things because we are of the world. Jesus says, you know, you can't escape from the world. You're in the world, be in the world, but not of the world. So that's a very difficult thing. But he says, be transformed. Be transformed. And he even says, by the renewing of your mind. And I'm talking about transformation, intentional transformation, not, not just in theory. You know, we all have those kind of, well, I hope to do this. In theory, I want to do that. That's why, you know, resolutions are of the devil. Because <laughs> we usually break them about three days in. You know, I'm not going to do that, then we do that. But I'm talking about allowing the Spirit of God, walking with Jesus in an intentional way to be transformed, to become more like Jesus more like Christ. Listen to what transformation means. This is, a, this is a definition, and I love how this fits within context of what, what Paul is saying, the command of the Word of God to be transformed. It means this, to change in form, appearance, or structure, metamorphose, that whole idea of going from the worm to a butterfly, to change in condition, nature, or character, to convert, isn't that good? Very spiritual. Paul tells us, again, in Romans 12, too, not to conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed, to change our form, doing things Christ's way, not ours. To change in appearance, to look more like Jesus, to change in our structure, to act more like Jesus. It's a person that said one time, he said, I, please don't tell me to act like a Christian. I've known too many Christians. We need to act like Christ. To metamorphose, to become a new creation in Christ, to allow the old things to go away and to behold, behold, become the new creation that God has created us to be, to change in condition, nature, and character, 
And it's the Holy Spirit's work to make us Christ-like. So my desire is that, that myself, my family, and we as a, a body of believers, as a church would live intentionally in our relationship with Jesus, being transformed to become more like him. And this is a personal challenge to myself. This is what the Lord is speaking to me. I want to get to the end of this year. And I want to be able to look back and say, God, I saw what you did in me. And I, at the end of this year, am more like you than I was at the beginning of this year. And we have to be intentional to do that. We have to, you know, I found out one, one, a long time ago that you don't change just because you want to. Because we want to, we can want to all day long, but we won't change unless we're intentional about the change. That was a little wake-up call for me about three years ago when I went to my doctor for the physical. And uh, he said, your triglyceride levels are way too high. And that runs predominantly in my mom's family, which can be, you know, it can lead to diabetes and other things. And uh, <laughs> he said this, he said, you know, we've got meds for that. But why don't you try losing about 25 to 30 pounds? There you go. <laughs> you know, thank you for that. And so I went on this quest to lose that weight to see what would happen. And it's amazing because if, if you've ever done weight loss and if you've ever been on that journey, there's nothing easy about it. There's nothing fun about it. Isn't it funny that you can go days without having sweets and as soon as you make up your mind that you are going to not eat sweets, you can smell it from a mile away. It's so tempting and it's so, you know, and it's crazy and it really is. And I walked through that and by God's grace, he helped me and my triglyceride levels went down, thank God. But we don't just, we don't change just because we want to, we have to be intentional. What is he speaking to you about? And I encourage you, if you're a person that likes to process and write things down as you're taking notes or in the back of your bulletin, I want you to write down some things that maybe the Lord's speaking to you about. Maybe it's something, a relationship. Maybe it's something that he's doing in you, your, your relationship with him, your walk with him. Maybe he's speaking to you, uh, uh, again, with your relationship with him or someone else. Maybe there's a sinful pattern or addiction that he's speaking to you about. Maybe he's speaking to you about your finances or maybe something that he's called you to. To begin to walk in a ministry that he's called you to do, be a part of the church. And then as you write that down, I want you to begin to pray and just say, God, with your strength, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and through the word of God and through relationship with you, I, I, I want to see that change. I want to see that transform. Now, a couple of things about transformation. We will have resistance. Just, you might as well get ready for that. If Jesus wants to transform us to make us more like himself through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is his goal for our lives, do we not think that the enemy knows that too? And so he has got a game plan for your life just like God does, and it's to kill, steal, and destroy what God is doing. It's to steal your life. It's to steal the destiny and the promise that God has for you. You will have resistance. I talked about this last week, but James says this, James 1, 2, 
when you're going through those trials, when you're going through those times, those challenging, rough times, James says this, consider it joy when you face trials because it develops maturity in you and perseverance. And he says this, that you will be lacking nothing. In Christ, we have everything that we need. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, in Christ, we are new creations. And the key there is being in Christ. He is the one who makes us new. He is the transforming power that we desperately need. The second part of of this, we're going to have resistance, but the second thing is that we are transformed to become transformed agents for Jesus and his kingdom. We are called to love God and love others. We are called to get this worked out the relationship with Jesus, and then to love others and to bring other people into the kingdom and to be the transformational agents of Jesus in the world. That is the call to the church. That is the call of the bride of Christ. And that's where I'm going to spend, as far as, as we're talking about the vision of the church, that's where I'm going to be spending this morning uh, the majority of our time, becoming transforming agents for Jesus and his kingdom. So again, that, 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 that statement up there, God wants us to live the transformed life by the power of the Spirit and the Word of God to become transformed agents of Christ in the world. You know, the church has the greatest potential for impact on planet Earth. Amen? You guys are quiet. The church has the greatest potential for impact on planet Earth. We have Jesus on our side. We serve the risen Savior. We serve the guy who came and left heaven and came and became one of us and humbled himself to become a human being, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for you and for me, and then defeated all death, hell, and the grave and rose from the dead and now reigns forever at the right hand of God. That's who we serve. If that doesn't excite us, we need to go hit the door. I mean, we need to stop. We serve the risen Savior, the Savior who can change a life. Like the song says, he can change a life in a moment. He can transform. He can redeem out of his great love. The great I am, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Those are more than just titles. That's who he is. And in Jesus, we have everything that we need and we have everything that the world needs. But with that said, what is going on in the church? What is happening with the church? Why isn't the church the the transformation agent of the world? There's a lot of reasons why. And you guys have heard some of the numbers that I've told you through, you know, in the past where in a lot of ways we've missed the mission. We've, We've gotten away from what Jesus called us to. And so this morning I want to talk about 10 transformational paradigm shifts that the church has to make to make an impact for the kingdom of God. There's probably many more. These are just some things that I put together to kind of challenge us this year, some things to pray over, to some things to kind of challenge where we've been. But we've got to remember that transformation starts with me. It starts with us. It must start with me. If we're not living the transformed life, why in the world would the world want anything that we have? 
That's why Paul says, do not any longer, do no, no longer pattern yourself after the world's way of doing things. Because if we're doing that, they have that out there. Why would they want to get up on a Sunday morning to come and, and be among what they already know? We have to be transformed by the power of the Spirit to become the change agents that, that Jesus has called us to. But transformation starts with me. So we're going to look at 10 transformational paradigm shifts for the church. Number one is the obvious one, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Deuteronomy 4.29, but if, if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. God is not hiding from us. God is not just this power that's out there, way out there somewhere. No, he longs to be near us. And this passage says that we will find him when we seek him with our hearts. James 4.8, come near to God and he will come near to you. But then he says this, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It's a call to seek the Lord, but it's also a call to repentance. The letter in James was not to unbelievers, it was to the church. And he says, wash your hands, purify your hearts, you sinners. There is refreshing when there is repentance. And again, I know this sounds, this sounds obvious. Okay, seek the Lord, but it's a, it's a paradigm shift. You would be amazed at the numbers out there of, of believers that don't have a regular time with the Lord. Let me tell on, let me tell on pastors. This, was in, this is Barna's research, and he did this you know, study of pastors. The vast majority, vast majority... Well over 50% say that they spend less than 15 minutes a day praying. And that the only time that they read the word is to prepare for a sermon. And so it shouldn't be a surprise when we find out that 1,500 churches are closing every year. Now we, we, have, we have the opportunity to be the greatest make the greatest impact on planet Earth, and churches are closing down. And we are right on the heels of Europe, where Europe has become a very dark place spiritually. And once that were large, huge churches packed with people seeking God are now museums and tourist attractions for people to walk through and say, look what used to be. And so if that's pastors, what's going on among the people? We have to seek God. We have to seek God. We have to seek Him individually. I encourage you, let that be a place of transformation this year that you say, I'm going to purposely spend time with Jesus every day. I'm not, trying to, I'm not putting a time on that. I know we live very busy lives, but we have to take that, the idol of busyness and we need to cast it aside and say, whatever happens, I'm going to spend time with God today. Because we are created for a relationship with Him. This whole thing about Christianity, the whole thing about following God is about a relationship with God Almighty. How good would your earthly relationships be if you spent as much time with that person as you did with God? It's a challenge to myself too. I, I want to be more intense. I want to be more on purpose to seek the Lord, to put, set aside time every day and say, God, I want to seek your face and I want to pray. 
but we got to do it individually. We must do it corporately as the church. So what is the Lord calling us to as we seek him? To repent. And that's what the, and James says, repent. Turn from your sinful ways. Turn from the, the, doing things the world's way and turn to God. Acts 3.19 says that repent, therefore, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance, worship, worship him daily, pray to him daily, get in the word, but guess what? It starts with me. And if we want to be transformed agents, if we want to see the word, if we want to see our community and our region transformed, it has to begin with us. It has to begin with us. A few years back, and some of you guys remember this, there was a, um, a series of, of, of videos, DVDs out called Transformation. And this guy named George Otis Jr. went to areas of the world where they were seeing like community transformation. It was like major, major things that were happening, uh, transformation of whole communities. There was a city in Guatemala, the whole city was transformed. They closed down the jails because of the transformation that was happening. People were turning to God. And it, it, it's just a powerful. And so he shows these different transformational uh, points that are going on uh, around the world. But guess what the common theme on all of them were? Seeking the Lord as the church. Corporately, individually saying, whatever else happens, we're going to seek God. We're going to seek God. And again, in our busy society, we have to be intentional. A lot of those places, interestingly enough, were under great persecution, great oppression, and it caused them to cry out to God in a time of great need and desperation. I say, let's not wait till we get to the point of desperation where everything is falling out from underneath us. Let's do it now. Let's seek the Lord while he may be found. Because guess what? When we seek him, we'll find him. When we draw near to him, guess what his promise is? He will draw near to us. Number two, from building walls to building bridges. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You know, the church for so long has been seen as a very hurtful place instead of a healing place. When Jesus came, you know, the, the, the religious spirit hated him. And they said to him, you know, they, they said about him, you know, your, your, your teacher's a, he's a friend of sinners. And he said, that's why I came. I came for the sick, not the healthy. And so the church must follow in line with what Jesus did and what he showed us, and we must be a place of healing and not a place of hurting. So in Matthew 5, he says, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Then in verse 16, he says this, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. For I tell you, and listen to this, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Chew on that for a while. Unless your righteousness goes beyond the, the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law, what was their righteousness? It was self-righteousness. It was look how great we are. It was walking around, you know, in, in the marketplace with long flowing robes, loving to be called all kinds of titles and wearing little phylacteries up on their heads and, and treating people like that they're just kind of peons upon the earth. And Jesus said, you've got to surpass that religious spirit, that self-righteous spirit and humble yourself before God. Because if you don't surpass them and you get self-righteous, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. 
But this is the difference between walls and bridges. Walls keep people out. And that's what the, that's what the, the Pharisees did. Jesus says, you know, you, you put burdens on people and then you don't help lift them. You make, you make a convert and then you turn them into twice the sons of hell as yourself. Gentle, lowly Jesus did not have kind words for the religious. But as a church, are we building walls to keep people out? Are we building bridges? Because a bridge is a place, a point of access to say, we want you. You belong here. We love you. We want you to come in. We want you to find Jesus. We want you to find authentic Christianity. Number three, from just responding to making an impact. What do I mean by that? Hebrews says this, let us consider how we might spur one another on to love and good deeds. We are on mission with the Savior of the world. We have Him in our heart. We have the Holy Spirit in our heart. And now let us consider that we spur one another on to love and good deeds, that we are on mission with Jesus. Being proactive instead of just reactive. Being prayerfully observational of what God's doing in our community, in our region. The book of Nehemiah, you know, before they built the wall, he went around and, uh, before and he kind of did this observational thing. He looked and he was trying to see what needed to be done. He kind of did a prayer walk and, uh, of the city to find out what needed to be done. The church has been pretty good about responding to need and we should do that. But God wants us to be proactive too. He wants us to make an impact for his kingdom. You know, we still are the most generous people on the earth. America steps up. When there is a natural disaster, America steps up all the time. And guess what? Within that, the church steps up huge. That's why a lot of people, when, a lot of these organizations, they contact the church when there's natural disasters and they contact faith-based because they know that, 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 that therein lies people of generosity. And we have been responding, which is good, but I'm, I'm talking about making an impact too, to, to go out and to say, God, what are you doing in our region? What are you doing in our community? Let's be a part of it. John Bevere shared a story a while back in one of the curriculums that we did about um, a church. There, there, there was a uh, a church in a city, and, and, and the city fire department, they were going to, I think, these new helmets, I think, wasn't that area? There was these new helmets that uh, were state-of-the-art for the firemen, but they were very, very expensive. And the budget didn't, wasn't able to, uh, to, to pay for them to have them. So this church stepped up. They found out that these firemen needed it, and this church stepped up and put it a part of their budget, and they bought several of the helmets for the firemen. And through that, guess what? There's some firemen that started coming to church. You know, who are these weird people? And what are they doing? Let's make an impact. Not just going from just responding to making an impact. Let's be observational. When you're out there, be observational. Be on mission with Jesus. This is, that's what the Lord, this is one of the major things that the Lord's challenging me. These 10 things are all for me. If they're not for you, they're for me. I don't want to just blow through my day and go, I want to be observational and say, God, what are you doing? And that doesn't mean that he's going to speak something every single day of, of you know, making an impact in your city, but just being watchful, observational. God, what are you doing? You read in the newspaper one day and you find out this organization needs this or something. Maybe, maybe God's speaking into that. The church has an opportunity to make an impact. 
Number four, from just attending a church service to being equipped for works of service as the church. From just attending a service to being equipped for works of service as the church. Paul says this, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. How many each ones do we have here today? Everybody should be raising their hands. It's like, I'm not an each one. What are you talking about? Each one of you is a part of the body. If you're not functioning in your part of the body, then that part of the body is dead. We are to be equipped for works of service as the church, not just attending. Steve talked about this when he preached the last time. He talked about the difference between being a consumer versus a contributor. And a lot of times the Western church, we, we, you know, especially with, we, we, we have so much and we, we are the greatest consumers on planet earth. And so a lot of times we treat the church as, in, in the same vein as we, we say, you know, what, what's, what's there for me? I'm a consumer. What are you doing for me? Instead of being a contributor in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. And we have to change that paradigm, which goes into number five. From serve us to service. Jesus said this, for even the Son of Man, talking about himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give, and to give his life for many, Mark 10, 45. Jesus was our example. If the church is about him, and he's our example, and he is our leader, then what should our response be? He led the way, and so we must follow. He led the way as a servant, so must, me, so, so must we. And so we need to ask God, how can I serve? Instead of saying, what are you going to do for me? What can I do for the kingdom of God? What has he called me to? Number six, from competing to unity. Jesus praying before he died. This is right before he was arrested, he said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, talking about the disciples, but he's talking about us, that we would believe through their message that they all may be one as you, Father, and I are one, so that the world will know that you sent me. We are in unity with other believers. I'm not talking about compromise. I'm talking about sharing our hearts and saying, what can we do for the kingdom? How can we advance the kingdom? We are not in competition with the other churches in town. But in America, that, that seems to be kind of a, you know, can we do it better? Because we, what, what happens is consumerism drives competition. That's, that's the American way. So that means you make a better product so the consumers will come. And we have to get out of that mindset in the church. The church is not a, a consumeristic place. It should be a contributing place of what God is doing on planet Earth through us. So we're not in competition. When we lived in Virginia, we saw this pretty, it was pretty real. It kind of surprised me, actually. We were, you know, Athena and I helped out with this church plant. We were working with youth and young adults. And uh, so we were having this concert and uh, 
brought this guy in um, from Australia. Well, we didn't bring him all. He was in the States already, but he was a musician, very good musician, worship musician. So we were going to do this um, event and invite other youth groups to come, and, and this guy was going to share his story. And, and, uh, and, and so we thought it would be a great event, uh, you know, a unified event for the Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area. And so I had these posters, and it was my job one day to drive around to the other churches and meet with the youth directors and hand them a poster and, and say, here's what we're doing. And I thought, man, they were going to give me a high five. Man, we are there. When can we be there? What can we bring? I, I just thought that that was going to happen. And that happened with maybe two of them. One guy I became very good friends with, a re really great guy. But most of the other ones are like, who are you? What are you doing? What's this about? You thought that I was in there like stealing kids from them or something, you know, like you know, ambushing, you know, come to our youth group. I mean, they were, this one guy was just, I, I, I've never, I, I was very surprised. He, I mean, he was like, what is this about? I mean, he was kind of, I'm like, man, I, I, we're on the same team, I think. Well, I'm hoping you'll bring your kids to this concert so that I can steal them from you later. And that's kind of how he acted. And I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. But there, you know, there's a lot of churches, big churches, and the competition, you just feel it. And there were some, like, state-of-the-art, I mean, they're doing crazy, incredible things, but it feels like that they're just competing with each other. You know, and these herd of kids will go, I don't like that anymore, that's not fun. Well, they have game systems over here, well, maybe they have a cool, and, and, and they're just shuffling. And it's not just the youth, it's people, too. Well, I like that guy's preaching, but I don't like, well, let's go to this, I like this worship style, and people are shifting and, and saying, God, what are you calling me to do? Allow me to be a contributor in my body and in the church and do what you call me to do. We're not in competition with others. We are in unity. We're on the same team. Number seven, from condemning to blessing. From condemning to blessing. I'm going to read this little portion here from 1 Timothy we have to get in the mindset of, of, of blessing our community, blessing them instead of cursing. 1 Timothy 2, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way. Now, how, what is it? He's saying, pray this way, giving thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So you hear the heart of God, and Paul is telling Timothy, he said, you know, we, we, need to, we need to start praying for everyone. We need to honor authority because God wants everyone to be saved, and if the church is condemning just like the world, then what kind of impact are we going to be making? Blessing instead of cursing. We must operate in a different spirit than the world. Again, Paul's saying, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Matthew chapter 5 in the, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying, here's how you are to deal with your enemies. If the Roman soldier says to carry, carry, your coat, carry his coat for one mile, offer to take it too. If your enemy slaps you, what do you do? You turn the other cheek, let him slap you on the other side. Bless those that curse you. Love your enemies. Because Jesus even says, it's easy to love those that love you back. He said, even sinners get that. They understand that. But the church, the people that belong to God, we have to be different. 
Don't we want justice when injustice comes our way? And I'm not saying that we should never fight for justice. You understand what I mean, but it's, it's operating in a different spirit than the world. Somebody does us wrong, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them. Revenge, I'm going to get them. And the, the church, we do that. Or we hope something bad happens to them. Don't sit there self-righteous like you don't think that. But we almost get the thrill that something bad happens to them. And we have to be in a different spirit. I remember, I remember the story when James and, and John come to Jesus and he said, you know, the, the, the city rejected our message. And then they asked Jesus this, should we call fire down from heaven on them? And then that sounds real spiritual. But Jesus looks at them and he says this, you don't know what spirit you're of. And he says this to his closest followers. Should we pray down fire from heaven? And a lot of times we get this kind of self-righteous indignation about what's going on in the world and say, God, I, I pray that you rain down fire on them. And Jesus is saying, you better watch what spirit you're of. And you need to bless them and you need to pray for them. And operate in a different spirit, an excellent spirit that was on Daniel. Praying for our leadership, praying for our president, blessing him. Praying blessing over his life. God, I pray for him and his family. I pray, God, that you would touch them. I pray for wisdom, and I pray blessing over his life. Do we pray that way for our president? Well, according to this passage, we should. It's getting quiet in here. Are they still with me? This is just challenging to me. I, I, again, I, I, God deals with me, and then I preach it to you. But we have to operate in a different spirit from condemning to blessing. What would happen if we begin to bless our community? To pray blessing over them, to bless people in our community. Even the people that are hard to bless. Well, what if they don't, what if they act? It doesn't matter how they act. We need to op operate in a different spirit that they see Christ in us. That at the point of his, the most vulnerable point of his humanity was on the cross. His cry was not, God, strike them all dead. Because he said, he said to his disciples, I could call on a legion of angels and they would be here in a second to kill everybody. But here's my response at my most vulnerable hour. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Number eight, from just ministering in the congregation to ministering to the community. We all have a place in, our, in the body of Christ here as believers, and we are supposed to minister to each other and provoke one another to love and good deeds. But we are also ministers in our community. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 5. Be careful, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We live in an evil time. Darkness is all around. The devil is about his business, and we don't want to focus on him, but he is doing his thing. And so we must be very careful how we live, that we live for Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us and that we make the most of every opportunity out there. Because we are all in the ministry. We're a part of the church, but we are ministers in our community. People are watching us. People are watching us. 
talked with somebody the other day, and they said this to me. I see you on TV. These, this person does not go to our church. I watch you on TV sometimes. Boy, that makes you guard what you say. You know, the international cable channel, Channel 8. I'm, I think it's aired in China and Japan. And all. But people watch. Does this guy get up and just blabber, or does he live the life? God, help me to watch my life. Paul to Timothy says this, guard your life and your doctrine. Don't let the two be in conflict with each other. Don't have a great doctrine and then your life doesn't align with it. You, you, you are preaching the wrong message. Guard your life and your doctrine. Number nine, for ministering in the mold of another ministry place to ministering in the unique calling that God has for us. What do I mean by that big, long sentence? We must know our mission field and be missional in it. We're not called to be another church. We're not called to do things like another church. We're not called to do a ministry like we see uh, that they do ministry on TV. We have a unique calling. We have a unique mission. We're not called to do the ministry of other people in other cities. We have a unique calling here in this region, for this time in history. And so we're not to be in the mold of another ministry or another place, but we are to be in the unique calling that God has for us. That is individually, that is corporately. God has a calling for us, just like when we think about sending missionaries out, and they have a unique sense of a calling, and they go to an area of the world. They're not called to go all over the world, but these people are called to specific places, and we send them well, we are as missional as missionaries. We should all be missional in the church. We are all on mission with Jesus and we have a unique calling and we are called to this region at this time. And number 10 is this, from teaching to learning. James says this, my dear brothers, take note of this. This is such a great passage. God help me to apply it to me. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Isn't it hard to be slow to speak? Oh man, when you've got something and you're ready, you are just ready, and somebody, you know, and you're ready, man, just guns loaded. And, and he says, and James is dealing with our sinful nature and our humanity. He's like, be slow to speak, easy. Be slow to speak, because I know what you want to say right now. Take it easy. Be slow to speak, slow to become angry. One of the greatest ways we can minister is to listen. That's that observational thing. That's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah, before they built any part of the wall, he went around and observed. He listened. What are the, what's going on? What are the needs? What are the people saying? We can learn a lot by, by listening. We can learn how to minister more effectively by listening. Being slow to speak. Slow to become angry because it's easy just to get angry and, and just you know, knee-jerk reaction to what's going on. We need to be slow to speak. What's going on in another person's heart? Do you take time to listen? This is, one of, this is a challenge to me because I'm, 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 I can be very busy. I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a person that's looking for extra things to do. But I catch myself, and I've been convicted more than once, and, 
Now I want to just go from being convicted to actually doing something about it. I really feel bad, but I'm not going to change. You know, I, I want to do something different. Is when I'm out and about, and I've had this happen over and over, and my wife has encouraged me in this, and I want to listen to this, is when people, you know, you come across somebody, and, and you are in a hurry. I got to get here. And God bless you, but I need to get here. And they start sharing something. Maybe, maybe it's somewhat big. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. And, and the Lord is saying, you probably should pray for them or encourage them or something. I'm like, yeah, okay, but, but, but boom, gone. And I've been convicted so many times for that of just not listening like I need to to know how to effectively maybe minister to that person. And maybe they're not even looking for me to say, you know, you know, the magical thing that all of a sudden, boom, all your problems are gone, and, you know, that's just not going to happen. But at least just saying, I want to hear what's, what's on your heart. So if I've done that to you, forgive me. Forgive me. You have permission to grab my sweater and say, hold on, I need to tell you something. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'll try to be better at listening. But we can find out so much about our fellow believers, our neighbors, our community, if we would take time to listen. You notice the greatest teachers are the ones who have been good learners. If you want to be a great learner, if you want to be a great teacher, be a good learner. You know, let's allow God to work in us and through us. And again, these are just 10 things, some paradigm shifts in our own hearts and the church to become uh, agents of transformation. God, do it in me. And we re remember what I said, it has to begin with our hearts. We can go to the last slide. We can go to the last slide, Taylor. Yeah. Transformation will happen when we ourselves are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. It begins with us. It begins with us. Seeking the Lord. Repenting of those things that keep us from Him. Drawing near to God and having Him draw near to us. And as we shift, and I'm getting ready to talk about the Priority Fund this year, and, uh, uh, but I want to encourage you over these next 10 days, we start tomorrow, to be intentional about praying for the church you know, praying for our unique calling, our unique ministry here. What is God saying? Taking time out of your day to pray. Um, the church, you know, during the, 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 the business hours of the day, you can come by and sit in the sanctuaries. There's some people that do that. You can come and sit and just find a quiet place with the Lord. But be intentional about seeking the Lord over these next 10 days. I, and I pray that it goes beyond the 10 days, but we want to just take these 10 days to really ask the Lord and seek the Lord and, 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 and just have Him speak to us individually and corporately. Getting into those healthy spiritual habits, drawing near to Him, worshiping Him. And however you do that, if there's a specific style of music you like to worship to, you know, God gives us those things that we love as far as our tastes. And if there's worship music that you like, or get a CD, pop it in, and just worship the Lord individually. Get alone with God. He loves that. Pray, repent, get in the Word like you've never been before. Again, there's not 
no magical time in that. There's not a, you know, read five chapters and you'll really be holy. Um, you know, grab a few verses and just say, God, what are you speaking to me? I, I, I encourage you to, to, to get in the word, in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a mist. It's a person. It's a person of the Trinity. And he's near us. And we can have fellowship with him. And, and, and you say, Holy Spirit, enlighten the word. When I read it, Holy Spirit, teach me something. Reveal Jesus in a greater way to my heart. And so over these next 10 days, we're going to do that. A week from Tuesday uh, in the evening, we're, we're, we're going to just open the sanctuary up from 6 to 8 and just call people together. And um, if you can make it for all of that, great. But if you, if you can make it for some, if you can just drop in, that would be awesome. For 6 to 8, open sanctuary prayer. We'll probably just have some quiet worship music playing. You can come and seek the Lord. We'll pray together. Also, I encourage you, too, if, if you feel like the Lord is, is, is speaking something, you know, write it down and, and share it and, and share it with me if you want and just pray over it and, and you know, and see, let's see what the Lord says and just take time to listen to Him. So this time we're going to move into um, the priority fund um, and I'm going to try to go through this. I'm going to try to get you out of here before noon, so um, just bear with me. Um, if, you're, if you're new to this, every year we do uh, what is called a priority fund. This is above and beyond our general giving. Um, you know, we have tithes and offerings. Um, this is an offering side of, uh, and, and so it's, it's just a, some missional things that we're calling the church to. It is uh, where we want to see uh, transformation here, but we also want to see it globally and some things that the Lord has put on our hearts. And so there's kind of a local missions aspect and there is a, uh, there's a global missions aspect to this. And uh, we just feel like the Lord is speaking to us in these areas. And so I'll give you, um, I'm going to give you the priority fund. And uh, this week you'll get a letter from, from me and a pledge card. And if you would like to be a part of that, uh, uh, you know, of, of the priority fund, we would love for you to be. Um, first of all, thank you for those who have been a part of it in the past. And you pledge and you give faithfully. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you so much. I, I, I don't want I don't, I don't to take that lightly. Of, of, of your generosity and your giving. Uh, it is awesome. And I just so appreciate your hearts. And on behalf of the braces as well, you know, just, um, it was in the bulletin, but, you know, it was Christmas Day and New Year's Day. For you guys that gave to the Pastor's Love Offering, thank you for your generosity, for giving and loving us and in spite of ourselves. And we're on this journey and this adventure together, but thank you for your generosity. And I will go through the priority fund and, um, and, and, if you have questions, call me. We're not going to do an open forum of questions, but if you have questions, feel free to call me. Um, some of these will be very similar to what we've done in the past. We have one other item kind of extra for this year that I'll talk about, and I've already talked about it once um, a few months ago about improving our sound system, um, but I want to go through the, the, the priority fund with you. So under benevolence, um, this is kind of some local things that are happening Local missions, we are putting $1,500 uh, to that. What that is, is a lot of you were involved in the outreach that we did across the street, which was an awesome event. Um, we invited, um, you know, the, that community over there the, uh, that, that live in the trailer and, the, and the, the townhomes over there, and a lot of people came out there. We, had, we fed people for free. We loved people. We, there was kids out there, and, and those people were very blessed. And it was so neat to see people come out there and try to give us money for it. You know, they eat hamburgers and, you know, who do I give this donation? It says, no, we want to do this for free for you. 
And so that's a part of what the local missions is to buy supplies for those kind of things to reach out to our community. Um, youth scholarships, we have this on there every year. Um, this is to enable those who, um, young people that, w you know, wouldn't normally be able to go because of maybe finances to go on some of our youth trips, camp, um, different things that, that uh, Barry takes the kids to. And this enables us to help kids financially um, get there. And, and so you're giving to that as well. The St. Martin's Fund is a local outreach that is, it's hosted at the Catholic Church. And uh, all the churches, well, not all, but most of the churches in town give to, it's a central place, and it's to help people with groceries, help people um, with gas, help people with a night stay, maybe somebody's coming through the area, um, and so it's just different things like that that will maybe help them pay a gas bill um, or an electric bill, um, so that's there, um, and, and we give to that as well. Prairie 5 Heating Assistance is a thing that we do locally, most of you guys are familiar with that, is to help people pay their gas bill in, in those harsh winter months, which this year has been wonderful, by the way. It's like Tennessee winter. I appreciate that. Um, but that is to help people with, with heating assistance. And so that's kind of on a, on a local um, thing. Also, more local is evangelism. Visitors outreach. This is just the, the small gifts that we give to people that visit the church, just, uh, you know, just to thank them for coming. And so it's a little outreach, just a little gift bag. And we've given mugs before. We were doing kind of different things, but to, to give them something just to kind of remember their time here. Um, and, and so that's the visitor outreach. Awana, um, most of you guys know what it's. Awana is our kids club. It is a fantastic ministry. Patrick and Sandy Spence, the team there, do a phenomenal job. And uh, we just thank God for them. And kids are memorizing scripture. They're playing games. They're, they're just having a lot of fun on Wednesday nights here. And it's such a great ministry. And, and so uh, a part of that is to uh, pay for their budget in Awana. Special meetings. Um, you heard a little bit about uh, Christopher Yuan coming. If you want more information, you can go to his website, ChristopherYuan.com, and you can um, read his testimony. I'm, I'm so excited about him coming, but uh, these, the special meetings is to pay for his travel here, for food, that kind of stuff, um, under special meetings. Internet is to, you know, we, we have our website, and uh, our, our sermons are on the website for people to listen to, and so it's kind of an outreach tool that we use to, to minister kind of out there. Um, advertising KCGN, we support the local radio, or it's kind of regional radio station, KCGN, Praise FM. Anybody listen to Praise FM? Great radio station, so we support. That is a regional and global ministry. They're, they're, they're getting to be all over the world. And so people are hearing worship music, um, and so we're, 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 that's our po portion of helping, and we support them as well. Child care is simply to pay for uh, some of our babysitters, when special meetings happen, we, uh, we set that aside in the, in, in the budget as well. Outreach, kind of thinking um, beyond um, our community. Um, we're going to be setting aside money for orphans ministry. And all of these ministries, we're going to bring more attention to them this year. We will have more information. Um, I, we're researching some different orphans ministries. There, there are some phenomenal ministries out there, but we want to give toward them. Um, we're not limiting it to $500. That's what the church, that's what you guys are committing to the priority fund. And if people want to give more individually, they can. So we'll bring some attention to those ministries throughout the year. Uh, Jews for Jesus, it's a ministry and outreach to the Jewish people. 
Um, a lot of these people that, that work for this organization, and, or, and we helped chosen people last year, but Jews for Jesus is people, Jews that have accepted Christ and they're now ministering and reaching out to uh, Jewish people worldwide. And we are, to, we are to pray for the Jews and the salvation of the Jews and ministry to the Jews is so important. Um, A21, we helped these, these folks last year. They are an anti-human trafficking ministry. And as we know, this is a rampant issue across the globe. And I could give you numbers that would be startling, but you know, you've, a lot of you have heard the sex trafficking is unbelievable. But we do have, there's some great ministries. Um, this happens to be um, a, a gal by the name of Christine Kane. Some of you guys, if you heard the message that we played, I guess about a year and a half ago, um, she and her husband run this ministry, and they, um, they're literally rescuing um, women and children out of human trafficking. They're discipling them. They're helping them kind of acclimate back to the world. And she, you know, some of the testimonies you hear of just how how, how horrible when, when these when these gals come in and, and they're just so they're is like lifeless. And so they're ministering them. They're trying to help them um, acclimate back, and, and they're helping them with with the power of the Spirit and and Jesus Christ. And and uh, so it's a great ministry. Hope Pregnancy Center is in Wilmer. Most of you are familiar with their ministry. Wonderful, wonderful ministry. And, uh, and they, they reach out to uh, gals and families that are in crisis pregnancy and saying, here, we, we, we want you to keep your child and we want to educate you and help you understand what's really happening. And they bless them. They, they minister to them. They just broke ground in, in our building. Uh, I think they're getting ready to go in a new building pretty soon. So the, God is doing some really great things. Um, some of us got to go to their uh, banquet um, this past, a couple months ago, and uh, it's just awesome to see what God is doing, and they're, they're ministering to all kinds of families, and babies are alive because of this ministry, and uh, we thank God for them. Samaritan's Purse um, is, they're the ones that do Operation Christmas Child, but they also are all over the globe in natural disasters. They were in Japan when that earthquake and tsunami hit. They've been in Haiti for a long time. And, uh, and, and so they really reach out with the love of Jesus to the world in, in the place of natural disasters. And, and God is really um, using them in a great way to, uh, uh, to redeem those tragedies. And that should be our prayer when, when, when natural disasters is Jesus be seen in the midst of this horrific happening where people are you know, devastated and losing everything and I tell you, we have so much to be thankful for. And when this happens, it can seem so far away, but we need to pray that the banner of Jesus, that Jesus would use this to draw people to himself. So we need to uh, pray for those ministries as well. So that's the part of the uh, benevolence evangelism outreach um, portion. Um, I'm going to have uh, Andrew Christensen come up. He's a kind of our resident technology guru. Thank God for this guy. Let me grab you a mic. Um, just to kind of give you an update, and he'll, he's going he's gonna to be explaining because if I tried to, you'd, you'd, you'd have tons of questions. Um, a couple months ago, I did talk a little bit about this, but we've had some sound engineers here, and we are, um, our, our sound system is, uh, is outdated. Um, and as you guys know, and some people say, well, you know, it seems too loud in here sometimes, and some places you sit, people go, I can't hear. And then sometimes it's too loud. It's like some people saying I'm freezing and then I'm burning up, you know. And I'm like, just switch. I, um, wouldn't it be that easy? Um, 
but our sound system needs to be upgraded. And, uh, and, and we have had several engineers come in. And uh, in fact, one guy a few years ago who is a, I mean, this guy, he's done this for years and years and years. And he said this, this church is one of the worst for sound I've ever been in. Thank God for, <laughs> thank you for your honesty. Um, and he told me some things that we would need. He, this is not a guy that does anything like, he, he, he's not, as they say in Tennessee, he has no dog in the race. You know, he, he, he's not, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to sell us anything. He, he was a separate deal. He just said, it's bad in here. You need to do something different. And so we've had people come in and take a look. And we just recently, um, we were in contact with Caleb Landmark, who knows sound a lot. He went to school for it. He put us in contact with a guy named Grant. And uh, so we're going to be doing some sound upgrades. We're going to be updating our soundboard, um, our speaker system. Um, we're going to be putting a drum enclosure, and we're going to be able to mic the drums to create a fuller, richer sound in here. That's as technical as I get. Andrew, you want to talk about a little bit about that? Yeah. Hello. Wow, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> as Bruce said, um, our sound system is in desperate need of an upgrade. Um, and by upgrade, I mean there's, there's parts that aren't even working. Um, I mean, we're lucky enough this morning that the CD player didn't go out when the girls were doing their performance. I don't know how many of you were at the Teen Challenge uh, performance they did. I mean, the CD player, I don't, I don't even think worked. That poor girl had to sing a cappella. Um, so there's things like that. Um, to touch on, like, hot zones, um, I know a lot of us love to just sit in the same seat every Sunday, so you might not really uh, notice this much, but if you move around, depending on where you sit, the sound bounces around this room differently. And so some people here say, oh my gosh, it's, you know, this is so quiet, or I can't hear so-and-so. And then the person standing next to them is like, what are you talking about? I mean, they're, they're way louder than everyone else, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So um, there'll be acoustic tiles that we're gonna put across the back um, to just kind of help uh, keep the sound even. Um, I can't stress enough, uh, just the overall quality of sound is what we're shooting for. You know, we're not trying to make this like a show. We're not trying to make this like a concert. This is just, you know, for the overall, you know, quality, I guess. Um, so there will also be speakers that will be mounted halfway through. You know, sound travels at, you know, speed, I guess. And if you're sitting in the back, there's a slight delay. So there will be speakers set up there. Um, it's kind of a neat thing. I won't really try and explain how it works. But um, it's good. Uh, the, um, the, other th the big thing, too, that will help with this is everything on the stage is controlled by the sound man. He has control over everything except the drums. And um, this is something that I'm really standing behind, which a lot of drummers don't, uh, being one personally, because um, you feel caged. But um, if we w enclosing the drums will allow us to, uh, you know, soundman will be able to control everything. Suddenly, everything will be level. I mean, everything won't be all drums and then everyone else, because you know we've all sat back here and the drums are kind of loud. And drummers are just, you know, like different singers. Some can belt it out without a microphone, and others are just barely whisper. And drummers are much the same way. You know, we have three different drummers right now that are playing in this church, and this will kind of help even it out so that, you know, some are really loud, some are really quiet. So um, that's kind of a, a big push there, um, a, re a really big thing. Um, uh, along with along with upgrades to help everyone else sitting out here um, on the stage, there are other upgrades to help with um, the worship leaders. A big thing is is just being able to hear ourselves on stage. I don't know how many of you have actually performed on stage, but hearing yourself is really important. And so you'll, you know, you see these speakers set up on stage so that the singers and the 
instruments and everything can hear themselves. We'll be upgrading those as well so that they actually match and uh, matching microphones and so on and so forth because, I mean, um, that's one of the biggest problems that we have during practices and, and us as performers is, you know, hearing ourselves and just having everything that we need up there. So that's kind of a, another big part. Um, and then, of course, uh, the soundboard will be upgraded and it'll be a, a digital system. Um, this is really good news for all the sound men. Um, it, it, it's basically going to allow us to process the sound to make it really clear and crisp. Um, not so much fiddling knobs, kind of blindly hoping that things will get better until it kind of squeals at you or, or whatever ends up happening. So um, that's, that's kind of the cornerstone of this, this whole push right now is that new soundboard is really going to help us out. And then in turn, with the, with the drum enclosure and some of the new hardware, I mean, it's, yeah, it should sound really great. That's the goal. So, Yeah, the originally, you know, when, when we've had different people come and, and take a look at it, um, you know, and I, what I told this guy, Grant, who has, has given us kind of what, what he feels like would be good for our building, you know, he took measurements and he is a guy that's very, very knowledgeable. Um, you know, basically I said, you know, what we want to try to do is create a full, rich sound and try to eliminate these hot spots like Andrew, you know, where, where it's piercing and some, and that's kind of his design. And that is the, the goal that he's trying to, to, to accomplish by helping us with this. And um, probably the only thing that, you know, like our, our sound, that soundboard back there now is a decent soundboard and it's actually gonna go over to the youth center. They need a new soundboard over there. So it's gonna be a blessing for them over there. But uh, the other things like our speaker and the monitors and stuff there, they're, they're outdated um, and uh, they don't work great. Um, just ask our sound men. I could, we could just kind of have a therapy session with our sound men right now. And, uh, um, and, and, you know, because they, they deal with stuff every week. And, you know, I mean, I was just talking to Dave you know, the other day and, and, and one week it'll be this way and then you won't do anything differently and it'll sound different. And you're like, what happened? And we don't know, except that the sound engineers that come in and say, um, you need a new sound system. That would be my, my, my advice for you. Um, so that is uh, the number you see there of 21,500. Um, that is not all that. We've actually already had some folks give toward our sound. So this would be um, what we would need to uh, pay for the rest of it, if you will. Um, so there's been already some people that have given toward the sound system. So 21,500 um, would allow us to be able to do the upgrades that we just described to you. Again, if you have questions on any of this, please feel free to call me, stop by. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm available most of the time. If you'll just give me a heads up, I can uh, try to answer your questions or I'll tell you to call Andrew and he can answer your questions. Um, but other things on the, uh, on the priority fund, um, again, if you have questions, please don't hesitate to let me know. If we could stand together, that would be great. We're gonna close in prayer. Again, you'll be getting a letter from me this week. Um, in the back, um, next week, there will be pledge cards if, if for whatever reason, maybe you've just recently come, been coming and, uh, and we don't have your address yet. You can definitely be a part if you would like. But uh, God bless you guys. Again, thank you for your heart. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your love. And uh, let's be transformed together and transform our community. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we serve the risen Savior. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be transformed. Lord God, that you would transform our hearts to become more like Jesus, that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would uh, apply the word of God like never before.
that we would seek you like never before. And God, that we would be the change agents of Jesus in our community, in our region. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that we would live on purpose for you. Lord, I pray a blessing over each person here, that you would touch their lives in a very real way. And God, we thank you for this church. We thank you, God, for uh, just the opportunity and the ministries that you've called us to and part of the Priority Fund. Thank you, Lord, that you've enabled us to partner with ministries um, locally and around the world. And Jesus, we say it's all about you. And we want the name of Jesus to be raised up in this area, in this region. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week.